What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back on the video. Draft season finally here, so I figured it'd be a good idea to go over all the key news recently. That way, we're up to date on everything that's happened that's impacting ADPs or could impact ADPs in the coming weeks. So, let's start off with Kadarius Tony's knee injury. Hurts his knee right at the beginning of their first practice. He has to have surgery about a week and a half ago. I uh, was expected to miss some time. We don't have any sort of timetable on that. They're said hopeful for week one so that should put something into your minds of like it is possible he's not even ready to return in week one which miss, means he'd miss like most or all of camp but they said hopeful so you know who knows like maybe he comes back in the final week of august um it just doesn't bode very well for his ability to stay healthy that's been one of the biggest knocks people have on him is like yeah he's an electric talent but can he stay on the field and then you know opens up camp having an injury that requires surgery. I've also mentioned a number of times how important I thought this camp was for Kadarius Tony, since he's yet to prove in any season so far that he can command targets on his own. He's amazing on designed looks. If you specifically design a play to get him the ball, he is electric. He's great on screen passes, end arounds, kick returns. Like He's really good in those areas. But for him to develop into, you know, a fantasy asset that you're consistently using and someone who's, you know, taking away, I guess, from the other receivers on the team as well, he needs to develop as a route runner and command targets on his own. So now that he's going to miss a bunch of or all of camp, it's going to be really difficult for him to develop in the area. So I'm mostly out on Tony this year. Um, I think you can draft him if his ADP, like, craters it hasn't yet it's gone way down but like i'm talking crater it needs to go a lot further down um i think you should just be taking shots on like whoever your favorite uh kansas city wide receiver is mine is sky Moore, uh, but i'm also intrigued by justin ross super late for those of you in like even 10 or 12 team leagues if you don't have a deep bench you probably don't need to take a shot on justin ross but you know some of you play in leagues with like seven, eight bench spots. Some of you play in leagues with like 14, 16 teams, or maybe some of you play on underdog. In all those formats with your last pick, I do think Justin Ross is a very intriguing sleeper. But again, my favorite for the wide receivers is Sky Moore. Um, we have two bits of news out of Denver that sort of correlate together. Tim Patrick, of course, tore his Achilles. And then Sean Payton's been doubling down on their need to effectively run the ball and especially to run the ball well in the red zone. Uh, and I say they correlate because for as much as I love Marvin Mims, losing a talented wide receiver, uh, Tim Patrick, of course, I'm talking about there, that's going to shift a team a little bit more towards the ground game. And if Payton already wanted to be a run-heavy team, then it just makes it even more likely that they are going to do that. When you lose out on someone you were going to rely on the passing game, you don't just shift all of those targets to backups. You know that you're going to be less efficient in doing that. They might shift a little bit more run-heavy as a result. Um, by no means uh, indicates that like I don't want to draft Denver wide receivers. I like all of the Denver wide receivers. I've talked many times about Mims being my highest rostered player, but I'm totally fine drafting Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, if they become values in drafts. Um, I just think it means that maybe I've been overlooking the running backs a little bit too much. I don't want to go out of my way to draft Javonta Williams because right now I, I just don't 
know. I don't know how healthy he's going to be. I don't know how he's going to look. Like, even if he's fully, like, healthy, is he back to what we saw before? I just don't know. I don't know what the split's going to be right now. So, among the two, I feel like my lean should be Samaji Piran because they did go out in free agency and get him. Sean Payton does like him. They're going to use him regardless of the health of Williams. But if Williams isn't fully back, Piran's going to have a role in this offense. And again, if they're running it more than the public thinks, if they're running it especially more in the red zone than the public thinks, maybe these two backs do have more upside than I initially thought. And so I haven't like, you know, catapulted them up in the rankings or anything, but I have made Denver a little bit more run heavy in the projections, especially near the goal line. That's helped the running backs hurt the wide receivers a little until you account for the fact that like Tim Patrick's now gone. And so it, it was almost like a net neutral for the wide receivers. You have more confidence in their target shares, but I, I reduced the rushing, or I guess I increased the rushing a little bit, uh, made it so that even if they have an increased target share of the wide receivers, maybe the total targets on the team a little bit lower. Next, I think we should go over the running back market and more specifically who's signed and who's holding out or potentially going to hold out. So Saquon, he agreed to his one-year deal. He's been practicing. He is not going to hold out. You can draft him with confidence. That's not a situation that scares me at all. He's going to play. As of 10 a.m. on Friday, August 4th, Okay, that's when I was like putting this video together. Uh, Jacobs has yet to sign his franchise tag. Jonathan Taylor has one year left on his rookie contract, but has requested a trade away from the Colts since, you know, he and the owner aren't exactly on great terms and the Colts have refused to sign him to a long-term deal. Also, we've got a weird situation going on with the Colts, like, It seems like they're lying about a back injury with Taylor because if he holds out and has a back injury, they, number one, don't have to pay him. But the biggest thing is his contract would carry over into 2024, and so they could underpay him yet again, and it would make it so that the holdout means nothing. So they're just playing hardball with him. It feels illegal. like It feels like they shouldn't be able to do that. Um, it'll be very interesting how that goes though, because how do you prove that he doesn't have a back injury? It's just a weird situation. Um, I'm hoping that they sign him to a deal or trade him. I hope one of those two things happens that we're not forced to like have a dispute between if he has a back injury or not. And if, you know, he, his 2024 season is going to apply like it just, it doesn't feel like a great situation, but that's happening. Uh, and then Dobbins. He's got one year left on his rookie contract as well, uh, but he's not practicing, uh, though he's at the team facility, so it's like a hold in, like hold out would be you're not there. He's still going to the facility, but he's not practicing uh, because he wants a new deal. Uh, He doesn't want to get injured before that happens. If I were to order those three in terms of how confident I am that they're going to be playing in week one, I'd say that I'm very confident that Dobbins does. I am fairly confident that Jonathan Taylor will play, and I honestly have no idea. With Jacobs, it's 50-50 in my mind. I just I don't have any sort of lean, any sort of take. I just don't know what's going to happen. For Dobbins, to me, it just like it makes no sense that he would hold out. Uh, he needs to prove that he's good to go off the ACL injury. I think everyone with eyes could notice last season he was back, but he was not 100%. He needs to go out there and show teams, like if he wants a new deal, he's got to show teams that 
he's healthy and he's good to go. And if it's, you know, not like Baltimore can tell that in like practice, but like all other teams, if he was, you know, planning on signing somewhere else after the season, they got to see that. So holding out's not really going to help him all that much. They need to see him, you know, stay healthy for a full year, play at a high level. Um, so I don't think he's going to hold out. It's another one where I'm hoping that he gets paid. I hope Baltimore gets in the contract. Uh, as for Jonathan Taylor, he's already proven that he's capable of a dominant season. And while he's coming off an ankle injury, obviously that's less severe than a torn ACL that Dobbins had that held Dobbins out for, you know, a year and a half, right? Like everyone knows Jonathan Taylor's fine and he's great. So if he's really upset with the Colts, he wants to put pressure on them, force them to trade him. Maybe he could hold out. Um, I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, I think that either he's going to get traded or he's going to play for them this season. I don't think Jonathan Taylor is not going to play. Uh, also, with the potential that they are putting pressure on him, if they can you know, extend his contract in 2024 and not pay him, I mean, obviously, he can't hold out at that point. And then for Jacobs, again, I don't have a good feel. Like, I hope the Raiders sign him because uh, he really did earn a long-term deal last season. I just have no idea if they will. And while it doesn't make any sense for him to hold out from like a personal perspective, since any deal that he's going to get next season is not going to make up for any like lost salary he has in holding out. And I guess not even holding out. Like he just hasn't signed the franchise tackle. He just hasn't signed. And so he doesn't really have a contract. But again, not playing this season, the amount of money he's going to lose, it, it wouldn't make any sense because he's not going to gain that back in the future. The only thing that it could be is bringing awareness to how awful running back deals are right now and potentially impact future running backs in a positive way. And that remains a possibility. Again, it's just I don't know what he's thinking. I'm not inside of his head. Uh, so hopefully all these running backs do get deals but watch these situations closely. Um, in terms of what I'm doing in drafts, if I had my like draft right now, I have had very little exposure to Jacobs thus far. Um, I haven't been drafting him a ton this summer. But now that he's cratering, he's one that like he's going way down in drafts. I've been able to get him in the fourth round at times. That to me indicates like if I haven't gotten him yet. This could very well be the cheapest he's going to be all summer. And so if I'm drafting right now, I am taking a shot on, on taking him. Like I, I've drafted him actually a lot in the last two days in like the fourth round. Dobbins, he's been falling into like the mid-70s. Like I said, I really think Dobbins is going to play. So I'm drafting him there. Um, and then just really comes down to like how risky of a player are you? It's kind of the same thing with JT. If JT falls into round three, I'm pulling the trigger on that because I'm a risky player. Like I'm someone who is okay taking on risk if it opens up incredible value that can really benefit my team in the long run. I'd rather do that than play it safe, but I know some of you would much prefer to play things safe, and if that's how you like to play, that's totally fine. Draft running backs who are currently in practice. Like, draft running backs who aren't currently holding out, holding in, whatever you want to call it. Draft people who are practicing in camp if you want to play things safe. Again, I like taking risks, so I am drafting them. Another big situation to watch is uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, he strained his calf in camp about a week ago. Uh, he's going to miss most of camp, but he's expected to be back in week one. As of right now, I'm not adjusting the Bengals' projections. I do know that calf strains have a relatively high rate of re-injury. It's not that it's like, you know, 80% he's going to get re-injured, but like among different injuries, 
a calf strain does have a, a pretty high uh, chance of having a setback. So they're going to obviously need to be careful bringing them back, but it's not like the timeline for that recovery is like eight weeks, right? They don't have to force them back. They can be very uh, safe with bringing him back, ramping him up because they have a ton of time until week one. Uh, he did get hurt in late July. It's over six weeks until their first game. That should be plenty of time for him to be back to 100%. And while it does stink that he's going to miss most of camp, it's not like he's a rookie. It's not like they have some like stud rookie wide receiver. It's not like the offense has really changed all that much. It's really only Irv Smith among the starters for skill players that's different from last season. And so Joe Burrow can step in, not really miss a beat, and be totally fine. So this is a situation where like some other teams, I'd be really concerned about a few different players if the quarterback wasn't going to be in camp. For the Bengals, I'm not too concerned. They're still going to be good. Uh, I've been getting actually a lot of Burrow, Chase, and Higgins stacks on underdog, mostly because Burrow's falling. So I have not seen Chase really fall in drafts. Higgins may be a spot, but he's not really changing. Um, Mixon, honestly, is like moving up. It's Burrow. Burrow's been falling back a little bit. Uh, and again, I think he's going to be fine. I'd still be drafting him. Another situation to watch is with these like unsigned free agent running backs. Um, I'm not going to go too in-depth on this one, but Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Zeke, and Kareem Hunt all remain unsigned. I believe strongly that Dalvin Cook and Zeke will sign somewhere. Even if it takes, you know, a week or two into the season for that to happen, it doesn't really matter. Like, no matter what format you're in, best ball, redraft, like, for where they're going, you don't need them to play in week one, two, three. You're going to need them a little later in the season. And so if Zeke didn't sign until week seven, it really wouldn't impact your team all that much. You'd be hesitant, and maybe he would be someone you end up cutting if it takes too long into the season. But, like, you know, he's going really late. I think on underdog, um, his ADP is around pick 170. That's really late in the draft. You're not anticipating that player starting for you, so it's okay if it takes a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, I think Dalvin Cook, Zeke, they're going to sign somewhere. A little bit less confidence in Fournette and Kareem Hunt, uh, though if I had to guess, I would say that um, both are more likely than not to sign, and I would say Fournette more likely than Kareem Hunt. Uh, I would say I draft Zeke the most, then Dalvin, then Fournette, and I almost never draft Kareem Hunt. Um, one slick landing spot to watch here is New England, and that's the reason why I've been hesitant to draft Stevenson so high. His ADP is pretty early this season. Many times he goes, I mean, I've seen him in the late second, but he goes in like that early third round on underdog, which kind of is the, the late second round in a redraft league. And so I've just been hesitant because I know that they don't fully trust Kevin Harris or Pierre Strong. They've been getting um, visits for all of them. I mean, they've tried to get Dalvin Cook for a visit. Um, they've gotten Fournette. They've gotten Ezekiel Elliott for visits. Like, they clearly want to sign a backup behind Stevenson. And I do think once that happens, they like the ADP for Stevenson is going to go down. So I don't think right now is a great time to draft him. Wait for a potential signing, then take him at a lower ADP. Uh, Garrett Wilson has a low-grade ankle sprain. This is of no concern to me. Uh, if it drops his ADP by even one spot, just hope that that makes the difference and allows you to draft him. He's going to be recovered very soon. It's not a high ankle sprain. It's not even a medium grade ankle sprain. It's a low ankle sprain. He's going to be totally fine. He's got an unreal ceiling with Aaron Rodgers again. Don't hesitate. If he falls in the draft, don't be like, oh, did I miss news on his ankle? His ankle is fine as of recording this. Um, he's going to miss a little bit of camp, but he's fine. He's going to be okay. Um, I could honestly see him being like a top three pick next season. That's how good of a season I think he's going to have. And if that costs you a late first, early second round pick, that's awesome. 
Uh, Seahawks running back room is definitely worth monitoring. Ken Walker hasn't practiced yet with a groin injury, though they've said it's not a big concern. It's honestly possible that when you're watching this, um, because they're like obviously on the West Coast, I haven't seen their practice report on Friday. Maybe he practices on Friday. Maybe it's soon, but I think it's going to be soon. They're not too worried about the groin injury. Um, Could re-injure it, but like it doesn't seem like it's that concerning. Charbonnet, a few days ago, they said he was out indefinitely with the shoulder. It seemed like that was more major. Then all of a sudden, like the next day, he was at practice, so he seems to be fine. Um, Also, Kenny McIntosh, he's been having a great camp. Um, he's 100% going to make the team. He's going to have a role this season. Not a huge role, but a role. And that's what I kept falling back to in the projections was like, it's so difficult to project uh, Ken Walker and Charbonnet as like really good picks because even over projecting the team's carries, because I don't want to have everyone 20 spots behind ADP, even over projecting them, I still have them behind because it's like, if they're going to use all three running backs and Walker's probably going to have the like worst role in the receiving game. Uh, Charbonnet is not going to have as many total touches as Walker. McIntosh won't get enough to really matter, but enough to kind of take away from them. It's like it's a pretty gross situation on a team that, I mean, let's face it, should probably throw the ball a lot now that they have JSN. So it's a tough situation there. Um, I would say if this causes ADPs to fall, that's a good thing. Um, hopefully we can get them a little bit later because they're all very talented players. If I'm in a 12-team half PPR league, I'm cool with Walker in the fifth round, cool with Charbonnet in round 10, and then McIntosh, I mean, super late as a pure flyer, someone that you got to know might do absolutely nothing, is your like first cut if there's a really good free agent ad, uh, but I think he's a talented player, good in the receiving game, so he's fine as a flyer late. Another injury to watch is Cooper Cup. Uh, he suffered a hamstring injury a few days ago. He's expected to miss a few weeks. They didn't really say exactly how long it's going to be, probably because it's a hamstring. Um, I have had hamstring injuries in the past, and sometimes you just don't know right away. Like You could have two hamstring injuries that feel exactly the same, look exactly the same, but one takes you a month to recover from, another only takes two weeks. So I think it's really just going to be how he recovers, how quickly he comes back, and they're not going to rush him, right? He's 30 years old. Uh, He's obviously like the most important player on this offense he doesn't really need camp we know that he's great we know he has chemistry so they're not gonna rush him back I think he's gonna be totally fine I dropped the projection a little bit I basically just wanted to make sure that Jamar Chase was ahead of him in all scoring formats and so that now that is the case but it was barely I barely dropped the projection um I still think he's a phenomenal pick in that like early to mid first round range in pretty much any scoring format, I guess, besides uh, like super flexy moves a little bit further down because quarterbacks move up. Uh, but I mean, I saw him go ninth overall on underdog yesterday and I was sweating because I was sitting there at pick 11, like, oh my goodness, am I going to get Cooper Cup at 11? So he is falling. Um, if he falls, grab him. I really do think he's going to be totally fine in week one. Um, I really only dropped him one, maybe two spots in every format. Final bit of news to go over is Alvin Kamara. Uh, don't have an update yet. Hopefully, when you're watching this, you're like, oh, Nick, the suspension did come in because I really want to know what's happening with the suspension. He met with Goodell, so it really does seem like we're going to know very, very soon how many games he's suspended for. My assumption all summer has been four games. Recently, I've started to shift that from like two to four. I don't think it's going to be in that four to six range. I think more like two to four makes more sense. I think everyone else is kind of agreeing with that. We've seen his ADP rise over the last few weeks. So definitely stay tuned for that news uh, because it's definitely coming soon. If it's four games, 
I think his ADP just like stops where it's at right now. Um, I don't think it's going to change all that much for every like game, I guess, that he's not suspended for. I think it's going to shift up just a little bit, maybe like half a round, maybe a round, but I would say like half a round. Like right now in a 12-team league, he's going in the mid-seventh round. I would say if it's a two-game suspension, he's somewhere in round six. Maybe that's like early to mid round six. I don't think he'll make it into round five. If it's a surprise six-game suspension, I think he moves back somewhere into the eighth. Maybe it's like the mid to late eighth round. But again, that's just a guess. You can never really predict what's going to happen with ADPs. But I think overall the market is expecting four with a lean towards three if it's anything different, and any movement from there is going to move it up or back. So that's the latest news from around the league. If you want to see uh, exactly what ADPs are for every single site, all the major platforms, you can see that for free on my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com under the ADP tab. You can see not only the site's ADPs, but player movement, how players have moved in ADP over time. And if you have a draft coming up, you want to see my rankings for free as well, then check out the underdog promo I have in the description. You can get all my draft rankings for free, along with getting your underdog deposit doubled, along with access to all my underdog content. Again, all free. All you got to do is sign up for your first underdog account today using promo code FFA and make a minimum $10 deposit. That's it. Then I'll email you your login the following morning and you'll have access for free. So that'll do it for this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button and how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.